What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Shut Up, Keep Going. I'm Sydney Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this is, is the podcast where we explore our internet curiosities. How's it going? Pretty good. So for all you listeners out there, we started recording this podcast and then my husband, Alex, knocks on the door and goes, I'm so embarrassed and I'm really sorry to interrupt, but I think I broke my finger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we spent the last like 20 minutes um, making a makeshift splint. And good thing we had the doctor episode or else we wouldn't have had our MDs to be right. Too yeah. bad Mac wasn't here to. I feel like we have crop top white coats at this point, right? I would agree with that. Yeah, I think I'm loving I it. Agree. It's like a cute little like it's a little oversized. Like his was a little bit waist level, but ours is just just like, under the boob, just under the boob. Like you could wear it with some high Levi's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nicely. But it's like not tight to the body. It's no. like a little boxy cut. Yeah. Big time. I like it. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I don't know. Kate, do you want to go first or should I go first? I don't know. How are we feeling today? Why don't you go? I feel like I've gone a lot first. You've gone a lot. Okay. Well, I'm going to turn Is on. Is that the... a way to say that sentence? I've gone a lot first. I've gone first a lot. Yeah. Sorry. Language. I've. Wait. Okay. Before we jump into things though, this is super random. I have never formally been diagnosed with anxiety which is surprising um (laughs) but i have had multiple therapists tell me quote i have anxious tendencies okay um and for some reason this week i was thinking about like how long that's been and like was i an anxious child and like just thinking back Mm -hmm. because like can you think of the first time that you were conscious that you were like anxious it's like my first memory (laughs) really i was a really anxious child I used to, Did I, you know it was anxiety though? Because I realized that I was also a pretty anxious child, but I, I thought that was just how everybody was. I knew something was up. <laughs> this is kind of sad, but I'm able to laugh at it. So don't, don't feel bad. Your tears to me. Um, I had trichotillomania as a child, which means I used to pull out all my eyebrows and eyelashes. <laughs> I just took a sip of water. Sorry, I I, wasn't that. I feel like eyebrows doesn't seem like it's that painful, but your eyelashes, that feels pain. How old were you? I was very, very young, like a little, little kid. How fascinating. It was just, I would get like in, you know, like when you're feeling really anxious and you get in repetitive thoughts, mm-hmm. I would just get in repetitive thoughts and just like yank them out. Yanking. How old were you when you stopped? Um, 25. <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, it was only a few years. And then randomly, like, it'll crop up. Like, honestly, the last time it happened, I wasn't, like, a full-on. But over the summer, I just got really anxious. And I, like, ripped out, like, a chunk of my eyelashes. That sounds so painful, I dude. I feel, feel like I've, like, like something in my brain has, like, wow. taken that n- nerve, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and just- it was, like, really upsetting because I it's it's almost like unconscious when you're doing it because it's just like your brain is in an anxious place and so I was just like feeling weird and then all of a sudden I like had in my hand like a huge clump of eyelashes and I was like what the fuck (laughs) oh my gosh okay wait so this is so interesting because as a kid so I had this and I still have her actually. She's at my parents. Her name's Rabby. She is like my stuffed animal companion. Mm-hmm. Um, I even I took her to college with me. I used to travel with her. I still sleep with my baby like, blanket. I'm, I I, 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 sl- I sleep with a stitch. 
That's so cute. Because Alex gave it to me on his birthday. I don't. Happy birthday. Yeah, I don't know. We were at Disneyland for his birthday, and he bought me a stitch. Um, I'm not gonna get into what stitch means, but it's a long. But anyways, I sleep with it because I like hugging something. Um, and I would sleep with Rabby too, but I've, I honestly, I'm kind of afraid that the cats will destroy her if oh, I bring yeah. her. But so she's this rat stuffed rabbit and she used to be really fluffy. And as a kid, I slowly picked off all of her like fluff. And so now she's just like a sheet of like very thin fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would probably categorize that as like an anxious thing that I yeah, would do. The other weird thing that I would do, this was up until maybe I was in like, second no maybe first grade mm-hmm. i would take a huge chunk of my hair and i always had long hair as a kid and just chew on it oh yeah classic. but like a huge ch- like a big so i could like and it's weird because even now when i crave food sometimes i'll crave like sweets or salt or whatever but i will crave fruit food most often based on a texture of how it feels on my teeth interesting isn't that weird wow i think that's why i like like oatmeal and like grits so much because Mm -hmm. i love the like texture the texture of it i wonder what that is right because i yeah i so weird well and it's interesting because i for those of you who don't know i won the best daughter award for 2020 when i digitized my family's analog library of family films like family videos and um wait did you give it to them yeah i did Oh, what did they They think? love it. They Aww. keep, they tell me when they watch it and stuff. And they, they like cry. Yeah. And Aww. like every time they have people over like family members, they'll like rewatch stuff and it's cute. Aww. It's really sweet. So if you were thinking about doing that, you should definitely yeah, do it. it. It's really not that hard and it can be expensive if you pay somebody to do it. But um, there's also ways to do it where you can do it yourself. Actually, I'm going to do a YouTube video about it. So youtube.com slash sits so good. Anyways, like and subscribe like and subscribe like comment subscribe um anyways so we were watching it back and i realized this is a lot of like my own psychoanalyzing and like assuming a lot of things but once my brother was born was when i started picking apart my my doll and i think that it i realized that that was like really difficult for me like sharing the attention and that sort of a thing you can watch it because my dad recorded the first like pretty much everything my, the first five years of my life and wow. my, i'm two and a half years older than my brother and you can see the shift in how i behave it's really fascinating wow. like Wait. i'm upset <laughs> i'm not happy <laughs> that my brother I mean, is there as a kid i'm sure that's like very traumatic like, yeah if you're the if you're the oldest it's like your your parents entire life and there's someone new and you're like what the fuck when well, i feel like especially when you are not old enough to almost like be make those conscious decisions or be able to even like understand your feelings like i'm sure that it just like comes out right i'm just realizing some of the closest people to me are older siblings including you and caleb and do you think that's something since you're a younger sibling yeah because like my sister like was very important to me as a child and so i'm wondering hmm. if i like need that in relationships if you're like a like subconsciously attracted to relationships that resemble yeah. that interesting hmm. we love some self uh some self not diagnosis but you know <laughs> we love self. we don't like do not do don't self-diagnose i do it, I do it all the time oh my gosh 
so much okay anyways alex comes in i'm like on webmd i'm like you need to go to the hospital <laughs> wait that actually is based in what just happened <laughs> i am somebody though that's very like oh we should just go to the doctor and like ask a professional but since this whole chronic health issue journey i'm realizing and after talking to mag it was confirmed i don't know that doc- doctors don't always have the i feel like they're just normal people trying their best yeah, I mean, they're trying their best a little bit better because they a little have bit more a little informed, degree. but I thought I had uh, Lyme disease over the summer and I went in Where's and me too? they were so rude to me because I had this, I had a, uh, what is it? A bullseye or it looked like a bullseye, mm-hmm. which is like the, the Lyme disease thing. And from the ticks, right? Yeah. And I went in, I was at Caleb's parents' house in New York and they like freaked out. They were like really big hypochondriacs. They're like, you need to go to the ER. And so I went in and they were so rude to me. And it like looked like when you Google Lyme disease and they're like, so you want us to look at your bug bite? (gasps) I know. Condescending. And I was like, this is the reason why I don't go. But then I didn't have Lyme disease. So it was just a bug bite. (laughs) But like, wouldn't you rather, my thing is like, wouldn't you rather go to a doctor's office and have them be like, nah, like this isn't what it is. And you're like, damn, I'm so such a hypochondriac versus being like, I'm not going in. And then like you die of like blood poisoning or whatever. Yeah, that's my biggest fear. Because I feel like that might happen to me. Like you might as well just do it, especially if you have the means. Obviously, it's a little bit more difficult if you are paying out of pocket which is expensive i have this medication that isn't covered by insurance actually that's been like the story of my life it's a travesty like it's 14 days i'm not on it anymore but the most expensive medication that i had to take was for 14 days it was twenty five hundred dollars and my insurance wouldn't pay for it what and i had to be i ended up being on it for four or five months oh my god what right what like how is that even legal were you just swallowing like like gold gold (laughs) it's just like little blocks of gold chopped up (laughs) all right vanta black do you know what that is no what is that oh i'm so excited you don't know about it oh my gosh kate i purposely no i'm i that's like an exciting thing okay because i i like if i sit with my legs completely you should sit i was literally sitting spread eagle a second ago so like i hope you do do i'm sorry i yeah do your thing no no, this is can we make you comfier no i i feel great and like manly powerful okay good so we are recording in a different space today we're recording up in my office versus the dining table so that the rest of my house is usable um, <laughs> instead of us just completely monopolizing the space. So it's taken almost 20 episodes for us to, uh, you know, get a little bit hospitable. So Vanta Black is the blackest black. It is the blackest black. So it literally. Vanta V, like Vanta v- with a V. V A N t-a black it's all one word and if y'all are like oh i really want to see what this looks like i implore you to follow us on instagram instagram.com slash shut up keep going it's so good (laughs) shut up keep going because we include visual guides to each episode so we will have a picture of what vanta black looks like if you're curious so will it truly be vanta black though if it's on instagram it'll be as vanta black as It, it, well it'll be the blackest black on instagram because it's the blackest black in the universe and so Damn. proportionately to the rest of the blacks it should check out <laughs> math okay so vanta black is the blackest black so it actually literally looks like you filled in the silhouette of something in photoshop and just like 
filled it with black like the figures have like a complete loss of depth and dimension it's wild you look like you're struggling with this yeah just keep going well i want you here wait google or here i'll text you a picture (laughs) i just am like how much blacker can we get from just really deep black it because this is different this is not this is different it's real okay did you text it to me i just texted it to you did you receive yes i'm texting oh <laughs> Why is that like- <laughs> this wasn't what i thought your reaction would be <laughs> kate's just cracking up what's happening <laughs> i'm so confused so i texted her a photo <laughs> wait why is it so funny because <laughs> i was like i was exp- i'm like crying um i don't know why this just like really encapsulates my humor in one picture in this very abstract way but why it's so funny to me is it looks like a fake thing like it <laughs> looks like someone just photoshopped a black like a kind of a bad like mask that's what what, did i not have the perfect yeah that's why i laughed really hard because that's exactly what it is i've just done so many bad photoshop (laughs) it like really looks like that really resonates with you you're like i get it wait so did someone photoshop that no that's vanta black on a picture of lennon's face yeah that's vanta black but is that an actual sculpture is that photoshop no it's an actual sculpture the fuck what <laughs> you have so many tears just like fall cascading down your face right now i'm just like completely unhinged right now because of how my week has gone but this has sent me over the edge <laughs> because i don't want to believe it's like do you ever see something so bizarre looking that it looks like Photoshop, but it's real. Yeah. And like your brain is like, Ugh, like it can't, it like can't compute. That's basically what I was like. Check that. out our visual image guide. Shut up. Keep it's going. People are going to be like, I have no idea what she's talking about. Okay. So Vanta Black, it was originally created for the realm of aerospace and optics by the English company Surrey Nanosystems. So it was actually considered a technology before 2016. Fun fact. Wait, what? a technology for what? I didn't, to be honest, I like read over what it was being used for and it was like so over my head that I was like, I'm just going to be reading nonsense into people's ears. So I'm just going to like get past this. So just like take my word for it. It was created as a technology. I feel like for use of aerospace. Like if you want to just completely disappear like a bad Photoshop job. Wait, why don't they make like the FBI should they make like costumes made out of this and just like put people... (laughs) And they'll just be like walking down the street. And it'll look like a bad Photoshop job. Yeah, like you know those what were they were really popular, I feel like when we were Yeah, the morph (laughs) (laughs) They should make a Vanta black morph suit. It's just like, oh my god, why is that like Photoshop mask in real life? (laughs) Okay. So that's probably what it's a technology for is like stealthness, right? Like they would it paint. said for the realm of aerospace and optics, but I guess like they could paint a plane, like a, a jet, plane. like that, and then and then it'll just look like a silhouette of a jet flying. <laughs> well, that's through what the sky. I think is funny to me about it is that because it's so black, it's like obvious. 
Like it's like for some reason in my mind when I hear that it's a technology, I'm like, oh, it's like a camouflage. Like, mm-hmm. but because it's so black, it's like distracting. <laughs> I love how amused you are by this. <laughs> it's really hitting me. <laughs> then just you wait for the rest of the story. So it was considered a technology up until about 2016, and then the company actually found a cheaper way to make a spray-on version that made it more accessible to normal people. What However, are you spraying? I think it's like, I imagined it being like an aerosol can or something, like a spray paint, but I don't actually know. Okay. So that's the thing. This, again, this, I'm going to try my best to explain this, but it like is so over my head and it's like a technology, yeah. you know, for a reason. Okay. So after the point that once it was made more accessible to people, it was considered a color, which sure. then I didn't look this up. Maybe I'll do it in a future episode, but I was like, who determines like if it's a color or not? Like, because prior to somebody just being like, it's a color now, it was considered a technology. Yeah, okay. But now Vanta Black is a color. So now we're going to take a second and just take a pause. And we're going to talk about Super Blacks, which a Van- Vanta Black is a Super Black. Sure. It's the best Super Black It's of all the time. best Super Black of all time. So Super Blacks go, Super Blacks go far back as 2007. <laughs> 2007. <laughs> Shit. Um, and that was Surrey, the same company, discovered how to make its version at a lower temperature, which made it easier to produce. Um, and Vanta, which might be called Vanta, I don't know, but I'm calling it Vanta, is the Vanta, secret. Vanta. Don't you? Oh, wait, that's so funny. I was thinking that too. Don't you, Vanta, Vanta, Vanta? <laughs> they should, we should do like a parody commercial where it's just all silhouettes. And-, <laughs> and it's just like the whole commercial, except they're all silhouetted and just like poor face like photoshop well i guess it'd be premiere after effects mass over the fanta people we have to do we have to do that (laughs) um okay so vanta is actually the secret sauce if you will um because sauce of i really like chick-fil-a sauce i love chick-fil-a sauce (laughs) you're so passionate about it what is chick-fil-a sauce because i'm also honey mustard and uh barbecue combined Really? I also ripped off Chick-fil-A a couple... No, it was like a week what ago. What is Chick-fil-A sauce? It's really bad. It's honey mustard, barbecue, and ranch. So they literally just mixed oh, all of them together. I mean, good idea. It's like a suicide. Do you remember like when... When you, you just you, put everything in like a cup and then everybody yeah. would have to just like... Yeah. Yeah. At a soda fountain. I just wanted... We didn't... We were saying that... <laughs> You're saying that all in shorthand. <laughs> oh, I feel like at like slumber parties and stuff, there would always be a truth. Inevitably, there'd be a da- truth or dare. And one of the dares would be, I dare you to drink what I put in this cup. And you just grab like everything from their kitchen and put it in the cup. Ew, you never did that. Sleepovers or you <laughs> we also, another popular dare was to drink toilet water. <laughs> and so you just like grab like a cup and like dunk it in the toilet and be like, here. And we fucking did it. <laughs> oh my God yeah no i'm thinking of like like kids after like a baseball game at lampos pizza like ripping their cup between that all too. the soda fountains i remember i'd pretend to like it I'd be like oh, yeah this is delicious all of the soda and then i'd just be like this tastes like shit like did other kids think that and just like go along with it or was i just like self-aware was, from like a really was, young age dare i say that's like the precursor to like like drinking at parties i'm like yeah this is good i like beer like i like vodka you know what i mean can i tell like an embarrassing story i'm embarrassed because it's so contrary to how i feel like i 
felt in high school or like what was going on so i would say like my junior year of high school was like my reckoning where i was like i'm a weirdo and i'm okay with it you know (laughs) but prior to that i feel like i was really trying to understand where i fit in and like the social hierarchy and i feel like a lot of people were like oh sydney like looks this way so she has to that means that she like acts a certain way too And I remember we went to, there was this group of girls that I hung out with. And I remember being really surprised that they like invited me over because I was never really sure if they liked me or not. But so they invited me over for sleepover. We did not do truth or dare and drink out of a toilet, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But we went to this guy's house who this whole situation was also very confusing, but it was like he lived in a uh, gated community. Sure. And his parents like owned one house and then they owned another house in the same gated community. But that house was empty classic our high school yeah i didn't really understand what was happening but it was like trashed inside he would just throw parties in their vacant house did this person go to our high school he didn't he went to my middle school okay but this was in high school but i knew him through middle school and somehow he knew these other girls and so we're at this thing and it was a kickback which like i was not socially aware enough like oh my God, you got to go to a kickback it was the only school. kickback i've ever gone to it was the only that's what i was saying this was like the peak high school experience and wow. i felt like a complete idiot so we're here and we were playing like drinking games with beer and i just remember they were like because i like not kept myself but i just was like yeah okay like whatever i just like don't really i didn't really see the point in drinking it was just Mm kind of like whatever also i will note this person's mom like dropped us off and picked us up from this thing so like that just like kind of adds to the comedy i feel because we're like sophomores none of us could drive and so we like get dropped off at this guy's like weird vacant party house they we were playing like drinking games whatever and then he has an empty pool in the back and he's like we're gonna like chug what's that called where it's like the big apparatus that like like, has the hose that goes into your mouth um, it's called something every frat boy is screaming right now i know i'm so sorry beer Beer bong oh beer bong so we're gonna beer bong is that it yeah i think it is it is it has to be what else is a beer bong that yeah okay Okay. so they're like it has to be and um this one girl was like i'll do it and it was like this like moment of like oh my gosh like she's gonna do it and then she like tried and couldn't do it and i was like i'll do it and i remember everyone was like oh my gosh sydney's like actually doing it like what and then like i did it and i have this like mental picture in my head of my celebration after i finished and it was this like and just picture me so when i this was like before i really hit puberty i was like way a late bloomer so i am like a string bean with just like these limbs flying all over there's these guys holding this beer bong i like finish it and i like clap my hands and do this weird like (laughs) yeah like (laughs) with both hands i like fist pump with both arms and i'm like too amped like i'm too everyone just kind of take one small step back and they're like i'm sure because it was just like i was already kind of the outcast weirdo in this group anyways again i have no idea why they invited me i almost feel like it was like as a joke to embarrass me and i like finish this thing and the way that i celebrate is like it's like it's the equivalent of when you watch those like frat things where they like break (laughs) the cans on their head and like i was just like so freaking amped and like i can it's an out-of-body experience i can visualize the situation in my head and i just want to like 
like I don't understand anything about it and like after that I didn't but when I was doing it I remember being like this tastes like shit I like am not even like I, I feel the exact same like they, we're literally doing this with like water and food coloring like yeah it's one of those things where I have one memory that's unrelated to this but it's like why did I act like that like mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing in the moment and it's something happened mine really quickly was I was at do you remember Bari Bari yeah it was like it's basically like benihana but lesser local. version of hibachi in um anaheim hills for you anaheim hillians is hibachi a chain no okay so support local um <laughs> and we were in there with like my dad's uh like college friend and you know how they do the little volcano mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited for the story i remember i was like I think I did a fist pump in the air too. And I was like, it's the volcano. <laughs> and I remember my dad's friend who was like kind of like a big like like blubber of a man who's like and he was like, Yeah, it's the volcano. Like it was like such How a old weird were you? I was like eight. Like it was weird. It was very weird. Uh, I have so many and I think about it, like honestly like once a week where i'm like why did i do that and then every time every time my dad talks about this friend i'm just like i can't see him <laughs> with the fist in the air because i like was a, a really like, breakfast club child. moment so yeah. like <laughs> and i was a i never talked like ever as a kid mm-hmm. i was extremely shy but for some reason i don't know what was going on i was like it's a volcano <laughs> And I was like, what was that? I wish you guys could see Kate's face. Her eyes get really, really round. And like, I can see all the whites of your eyes when you do that. It's the best. Oh my gosh. No, I feel like I have so many, I have so many moments like that. And I like see it so vividly. And like, it's just my toes, my feet flex. Like I just feel so stressed. <laughs> so anyways, with that said, Vanta Black. Um, so Vanta is the secret sauce. Um, and what it is is it's vertically aligned nanotubes and nanotubes are super super tiny carbon pylons which are arrayed in a way that perfectly captures the light and the first vanta black was introduced at the farnborough air show oh my gosh didn't you use air like aerospace as a an example yeah yeah oh it's because i said it was part of the aerospace that's probably why that's my bad um so that much credit it was introduced at the air show in 2014 by Surrey Nanosystems. And how it works scientifically is the alignment and density of the nanotubes capture photons of all the wavelengths of visible light and pushes that energy back out as heat. So there's hardly any photons actually hitting whatever object is Vanta Black and bouncing off, which means that practically none of them actually reach the human eye, trigger the human brain. And that's ultimately why it looks blank. Wait, can you say that all again? Not all of it, just the brain part. Okay, so because of the way that the Vanta is and the alignment and density of the nanotubes, it there's hardly any photons hitting the object and bouncing off. And for the way that like our eyes work in like a super simple way is that it's like the things that we see are light bouncing off of the things and coming back at us oh, and giving absorbs. our so instead it absorb well it actually pushes the energy back out as okay. heat but it there's hardly any photons actually coming to the human eye which means that your brain doesn't like register it doesn't compute and so that's why it looks blank and that just makes me laugh for some reason because it's like very silly 
almost but so this is paint or like well so that's what i don't really understand again this was like considered a technology and it was kind of over my head and i'm gonna rush through what the article that i read is on wired if anybody wants to go read the whole thing mm -hmm. um or if you just google vanta black you can get into the weeds of it but i just was like this is a lot this is dense um but basically surrey figured out a way to make it so that vanta black was a commercially available spray like spray on situation and so it made it sound like beforehand they had to grow it, which just brought up a lot of question marks for me. And I didn't really understand. Um, but we're just going to leave that statement there and accept the fact that now Vanta Black exists. It is the blackest of black and it's commercially somewhat available. So I could get it and paint my wall Vanta Black. I think it's incredibly expensive, but With you could, I think. I think you could like when I was looking at Google images, there's like a BMW X6 that is Vanta black. I feel like that's a hazard or something. I mean, you can definitely, it's easy to see. I feel like it, would it be distracting though? I Maybe. Know. I mean, but think about what other people do with their cars. So it must be a paint. It's like something somehow they've now it's a paint. Yeah. A paint or it's be. at least something that's a pigment that can be created into like paint. They're like, oh, this paint color is Vanta Black, but it's like not really. It's not truly Vanta Black because like there's probably a lot of technology involved to do the photon thing. I think to be called Vanta Black, it has to be like this proprietary, like tech. In outer, it's not outer, like outer space. Mm -hmm. Is it truly dark, or is there always light because of other stars? I'm like blankly looking at you. I. <laughs> No, I think I think I know the answer. But what's the answer? Is there's always a little bit of light because of other stars. Unless you're in like a black hole. It's probably Vanta Black in there. Probably blacker than Vanta Black, to be honest. Ew. Okay. So we haven't even gotten to the juicy part. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So we have Vanta Black. It's now commercially available. And now in walks Anish Kapoor. Anish? Anish or Anish. I'm not sure. Okay. Sorry, Anish. Okay, so once the cheaper more accessible version of vanta black hit the market an artist named anish kapoor reached out to saray the company that had it and actually a lot of other artists reached out to saray to use vanta black but saray decided to work with kapoor who's a british indian sculptor and mainly it seemed like the reason why they chose him was because his work explores this idea of the void and geometric shape and organic form he's actually the guy who did the cloud gate which is that mirror bean in Chicago. Oh, okay, sure. That's his. Okay. So he does stuff like that. And so for that reason, Surrey wanted to work with him. Uh, it says, quote, his life's work had revolved around light reflection and voids. And they really didn't have the bandwidth to work with more than one artist. So they chose Anish Kapoor, who got exclusive rights to use Vanta Black in art. Okay. So no one else in the world can use this color. He's the only person that can use this color. Okay, sure. And Kapoor is so famous that the articles that I was reading tried to talk to curators um, to kind of try and get like a profile of him and talk to people like curators from New York's Museum of Modern Art, San Francisco's Museum of Modern Art, Tate. And everyone's just kind of like, yeah, he's like a nice guy. Like, okay. Like nobody really wanted to, to talk about it because this is like extremely controversial. The art world is pissed that he is hoarding this has like basically claimed this color and then nobody else can use it yeah that doesn't seem 
right? So one artist says that he has, quote, a major ego and is a narcissistic maniac. And others just like ripped him a new one on social media and in the press. And when is when did this happen? Um, this was like 2016, 20, 2016. Okay. Um, and so th- because again, this guy essentially just bought his own black and then it just happens to also be the most black man-made color in the world and literally no one else can use it. I guess there's like the Klein blue. I'm not sure if that's copyrighted. Do you know Klein blue? The painter Klein. He like used this this like specific color blue. Anyways. But I but this feels like I guess if for like especially minimalist artists having control over basically like a material feels like not like moral in some way well that's that was my understanding of it is that it's like i think about like tiffany blue right Mm -hmm. like tiffany and co's blue um theoretically like you could make that color like you'd mix the colors and then you'd come up with a color that looked like that and then you could use it but with this black like you can't it's a technology so like you can't even achieve that color without this technology and only one artist has it and is allowed to use it that's like a weird god complex it seems like yeah well so now enters a guy by the name of Stuart Semple okay Semple Semple his mom told him about Vanta Black and he's actually quite a bit younger than Kapoor and a painter and not very famous whereas Kapoor is like extremely famous even prior to this I mean again he has that giant mirrored bean thing we've all seen in Chicago yeah we've all seen it um, and so Semple, he actually mixes his own pigments and says about Kapoor and Vanta Black, quote, an artist acquiring the rights to a process was like completely unheard of. There's no other substance on the planet that artists are the only people banned from using. And the article I was reading gave like a little like tidbit, which is like, it's not a ban. It's an exclusive license to a proprietary process. Um And kind of noted that like, it's not like artists can like make their own cash just because they're like, being creative like it's like no that's against the law or like they can't make like coke and then like sell it and be like this is art like yeah that's not allowed like there's some of my colleagues at the san francisco art institute (laughs) why are they making their own cash pretty much one time can i tell one really tell a story story so i was in this class there's this uh division at my school probably why it's closed (laughs) uh it was this degree called new genres which was uh supposed to be like performance art or like installation art mm-hmm. or like anything that's like newer than the typical mediums right mm-hmm. so i was in a new genres class and no, it was a photo and new genres class so you could either take photos or you could do like experimental shit and this girl comes in and she like just brings in this like dress like a baby's dress from goodwill and puts it on the ground and we're all looking around it and like there was like dirt next to it and so it felt like oh like maybe this is about like child death or something and so we're all critiquing it and everyone was focusing on this pile of dirt and she was like yeah like that's so interesting like I can't believe like you're getting that from this like wow and then at the end of the critique she was like oh yeah that dirt was just here (laughs) she was like I just didn't sweep it up (laughs) and we honestly spent like 30 minutes talking about a pile of dirt (laughs) that feels like it's like a satirical like 
we all like, we all like felt it was weird because it it seemed really meta yeah it was so meta and everyone was like okay <laughs> like really uncomfortable they're like shit this is the same girl that then um made a piece where she poured milk down her vagina she filmed inside it, it? She filmed her vagina in macro. So it's very close on. She projected it in class, like a huge projection. And it was just her pouring milk on it. And then when we went to critique it, she said we were not allowed to critique it because it was her body. That seems like she would get a yeast infection or like something. Do you know? What, like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's What not, were the implications here? I mean, she probably did, right? Yeah. Dude, anyways. Well, anyways. So simple. Weird. Semple decided to do something about this um, this Kapoor hoarding okay. of Vanta Black, and again, he remember he mixes his own he makes his own pigments, so he decided to make his own pink, uh, which is the pinkest pink, in December 2016, and put it on sale for about three ninety nine pounds, which is about like five bucks, on his website, um, and it had a legal warning on like the listing, and the legal warning reads, quote. By adding this product to your cart, you confirm that you are not Anish Kapoor. You are in no way affiliated to Anish Kapoor. You are not purchasing this item on behalf of Anish Kapoor or an associate of Anish Kapoor. To the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, this paint will not make its way into that hands of Anish Kapoor. So basically, he made the pinkest pink and said that everyone was allowed to use it except for Kapoor. Okay. Um, Why? Because he hoarded the black? Because he hoarded the black. Okay. Um, and then it became this like social media situation and there was like a whole hashtag. But why? Okay. I don't, I guess I don't really understand what that's saying. Oh, I cause think, he's like, he's being the opposite. Like being like, everyone can have this color except for this one guy. Yeah. And then for Gretchen Wieners. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Precisely. Okay. Also though, like Gretchen, like I liked Gretchen. Yeah. Why are we hard on Gretchen? She's just trying her best. Did you? Okay. So there was this whole thing going around on TikTok about mean girls and like completely missing like the biggest joke in the whole, the whole movie, which I remember I saw Mean Girls in 2003 with my parents. My fa we went as a family. It was a family movie. So I'm in third grade. My brother's two and a half years younger than me. So that means he's like maybe in first grade. He's in first grade. Yeah. So our little family of like me third grader my brother first grader and then my parents go to see mean girls all together and i remember walking out and i was like i think that was funny and i remember my parents being like yeah like we liked it too but like you probably shouldn't have seen that like that wasn't very appropriate <laughs> yikes um but anyways regina George. the whole thing is regina and janice right yeah like that's like the big relationship drama yeah and that Janice was mad that Regina told everybody that she was a lesbian, mm -hmm. right? But then at the end, you hear uh, Kevin G asking Janice if, like, what, if she's Puerto Rican, I think. And she says, no, I'm Lebanese. And so, like, the thing is, she probably told Regina George that she was Lebanese. Oh, and so Regina funny. was so too stupid to realize that that's, like, an ethnicity and was, like, oh, she's a lesbian, Someone sent me, that's so funny. That I think that's what this thing that someone sent me recently is referencing. Um, I don't think I've ever shown this on the podcast, but I'm a huge fan of Dua Lipa. I will not, I will not defend her new song. I do not think it's very good. I'm just putting that out there. I haven't heard it. Her album is amazing. 
But someone sent me a screenshot of a Google search is, is Dua Lipa a lesbian? And then the answer is Dua Lipa is Albanian. <laughs> That's like I've introduced a lot of times just to make it easier because there's like Cindy and then Sydney and sometimes people just get confused. So I'll be like, oh, I'm Sydney. And then if it seems like they're struggling, I'll be like, oh, like Australia. And I had somebody no, not like they were just living their life. They were like, oh, that's weird. You don't have an accent. And I was like, no, like my name is Sydney. And they're like, yeah, no, I know. That's like so weird that you don't have an accent. It's in Australia, right? And I was like, what? I think that really shows how everyone's their own universe. Really, truly. Right? Truly. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Alex was there too. And I remember looking at Alex like, am I high? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Um, but anyways, so back to Anish Kapoor is he can't have the pinkest pink uh, social media. loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a hashtag share the black. And then eventually Anish Kapoor uh, posted a picture of his middle finger dipped in the pinkest of pink with the caption up yours really pissed a lot of people off. Um, and then simple Why is he that mad. Like if you're a really good artist, like just like lay off, man. Well, that's, yeah, I thought that was a little bit weird because, like, Semple is supposed to, is, like, this kind of, like, unknown, just, like, young kid, and Anish Kapoor is, like, this, like, really famous big-time artist. Yeah, it's, like, relaxed, bro. Yeah, so I would have to agree. He does seem a bit narcissistic, um, <laughs> which other artists kind of called out. But anyway, so that really pissed people off, and then Semple ended up making a super matte and flat black called Black 2.0, and anyone can also buy that one except for Anish Kapoor. But oh, that's funny. He doesn't need to buy that one because he already has Vanta Black. Has he done anything with Vanta Black? I'm glad you asked. Okay, great. Um, so since 2017, uh, Kapoor has only made one piece of work using Vanta Black, which was a $95,000 watch called the sequential 1s110 evo vanta black which uses the material on its face and it's the brand mct and it's a limited edition so if you had ninety five thousand to burn Is unfortunately you cannot get it edition now. of one i didn't look probably not because that's actually not that much for a piece of art that's like well no that's a it's a watch but i guess it's like a piece of art watch but like pieces of art can be like a lot five million dollars i don't have that money yeah, me I'm sorry, also, I can't afford can that. Be, like real expensive. Watches can be really expensive. Alex really is into watches. Oh. He has expensive hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, which makes me feel better about my expensive taste. So match made in heaven, kind of. <laughs> Except for then it's like, oh shit. <laughs> we don't have any money. <laughs> um and Bevel Conway, who's a neurobiologist at the National Eye Institute, said, quote, it's totally absurd. Anish Kapoor can't make anything with this stuff. It's prohibitively expensive to manufacture, and the manufacturing process is beyond his capabilities. That renders the whole situation really a meta situation, and it just becomes about these ideas. Yeah, I hate that. And that is Vanta Black. Hi everyone, this is Sydney. So it turns out that Anish Kapoor has actually used Vanta Black uh, to create an art piece rather than just in the watch example that we talked about. Um, And it actually hasn't debuted yet. It's going to be debuting um, at the 2021 Venice Biennale, is what I, Biennale, 
is I think how you say it. Um, so there's that. But also a fun little fact that I found is that Vantablack has been used in recent years, not by Kapoor. Um, there was a British architect who created an architectural exhibition that was used during the Pyeongchang Olympic Games. Um, and they were able to use it because it fell outside of Kapoor's monopoly. So, and now the podcast will continue. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. I kind of like can't necessarily wrap my head around it. And I think that's the point, right? Because it's like this color that we can't really perceive. Yeah. I'd be curious like what would happen if you painted a whole room band to black. Yeah. You'd probably and, have like, like if a you'd meltdown. Go, yeah. Like if you'd go kind of crazy. Because it's like the idea of like the absence of sound. Like if you're actually in like a completely it's very upsetting. But if you're if you were like in a vacuum, like no ambient sound, like that you would go insane. Yeah. Ugh. There was this cafe in Oakland that was super obnoxious. It was like it was like the biggest gentrifying cafe of all time, and the entire interior was white. Like the tables were white, chairs were white, everything was white. And I went there one time for some reason and I sat in there and I was going to read and I had like an anxiety attack because it was like too white in there. <laughs> you weren't all white? I was not all white. You're not all white? I wasn't all white. I'm just a dentist. <laughs> I'm just a little dentist. <laughs> wow. I'm glad. I mean, I got a good laugh out of that. It's funny too because I didn't think that the all black would be the one that got you. I thought that you'd you'd think that the trolling was funny i guess because i was involved in the art world that's just like classic like it's like very yeah but for some reason that visual of that lenin sculpture that like looks like a bad photoshop job just really got me it is really funny it's like upsetting to look at let us know let us know if you think it's as funny as i do <laughs> or am i insane i honestly never know um okay sydney well I have to admit, I feel like I've been blue balling this podcast a little bit about this Ooh. particular topic. Do the balls actually turn blue? I mm, sounds like a topic for this button. <laughs> we're not covering. That. I don't know. I'm kind of curious because, like, isn't blue balls like when there's like an erection and like they you can't they're not un like unleashing the the little half babies. <laughs> It's called epidemal hypertension. <laughs> Is it fatal? Also, the other question I have, I mean, while we're on this topic. Oh, no, it does. It makes a faint blue tint. Oh, it actually turns blue. So, but is it just like, is it as common as if you just have an erection and it doesn't go away, then like it turns blue or like you don't relieve it? It says blue balls can happen when a male remains aroused without orgasm, causing a temporary buildup of blood in the testicles. Like how long does it take before they turn blue? I don't know. A person does not need a partner to relieve blue balls for sex. You don't say. <laughs> Wait, can I read some of the treatments? Yeah, read the treatments. Read the treatments. Focusing on work or problem solving as a distraction. Taking a cold shower to restrict blood flow to the, to the genitals. Lying down to increase blood flow away from the testicles. Exercising to encourage normal blood flow in the body. Lifting something heavy to exert pressure. Applying a warm compress to the te testicles to ease the pain. I just love being like focusing on work or problem solving. 
<laughs> I remember there was a kid in fifth grade and he was telling us about boners. It was like, when I get a boner, I just say the national anthem and like it goes away. <laughs> I was like, what's a boner? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad we don't have to deal with that, honestly. I am. But then when I realized that that's like the hardest thing that yeah, like, like they have to deal with. Deal. And I'm like, I have a period every month. Caleb tried to complain to me about that. It's like about a, blue balls? No, just about like being like a teen and having to deal with that and i was like i literally was bleeding isn't that like every teenager though i feel like teen like every teen angst like it's like you can't sometimes control it and that's annoying yeah but again i had to deal with literal blood flow like randomly at school it's not very fun and then everybody makes fun of you oh do they i think so well it's like funny that like somebody bled through their shorts which i'm like why is that funny it's really sad that's not funny i don't think that ever happened to me thank god it happened to me a handful of times and it was bad i, I remember stained. the one there were more than there were a lot actually oh. that yeah because i know for a fact it happened twice at school wait what's the one you remember the one with the homecoming princess oh, okay yeah that one there was one where i was wearing white shorts oh no white little baby shorts which i'm so surprised they weren't like out of dress code they were short shorts <laughs> and they were white and i was being punished i feel like i remember and those. it was i had i was in an english class i skipped a year of english so i was in an english class with the older kids the guy chad who we've talked about on the podcast before he looked like a full-grown ass adult man. he was a man <laughs> and he sat behind me and i just remember being like oh my gosh like because for anybody who's listening to this podcast and gets periods you know what i'm talking about it's that your stomach drops and you just you know that what is coming out of your vagina is blood like you know and i remember i was like i know and i was like if i get up i am literally my ass is in this man's face and he will see blood all over my white shorts so what did you what do? do i do i walked up to the front and i told the teacher i think i started my period and she was really compassionate. She was like, okay, well, like, go ahead and go to the bathroom and just like do what you need to do. And so I literally sat in the stall and cried and took toilet paper and dabbed it in the <laughs> toilet water and tried to dab it out of my stupid shorts. No. Did and so I just left. Mom? I just straight up walked away. Were you in... What did you... How, I think you I go? had volleyball. So I, I like after school, but it was my my last class before i had Wait, to start so he conditioning to this day i don't know but oh. i will say i have two instances sorry i want to hear i want to hear what your topic <laughs> is you haven't even gone there yet i have two instances of high school situations where you know i think high school kids can be really kids in general can be like really mean but i have two instances where i feel like my faith in mm-hmm. teenagers was restored yeah. one of them was definitely chad more than once did something where it was like he either pretended not to see or he like said something that was like really nice when it was like clear that it was like this isn't like not happening for me yeah but so i had dandruff in high school i still struggle with dandruff uh from time to time and um i remember there was a girl in my english class different english class i was a freshman and that i had like just some chunks hanging out in my very dark hair so you could see it and it was, her name was Bailey and she was like oh Sydney like somebody put eraser shavings in your hair like let me help you get them out 
and she like literally like a monkey was just like grabbing out all the little shit in my hair and i remember being so embarrassed but it was like holy shit she could have just like that could have gone really differently because i wasn't even that good of friends with her oh and it was just like dude that's like really nice that's nice yeah and then one time i cried because the meanest thing my brothers ever told me was i was playing one of his uh his video games and i didn't ask and he took it back and i got really mad at him and he went you have dandruff and no friends and i just cried and was like that's so true oh no wait how old were you i was in high school you and me are we not it was before we were friends oh yeah we dealt with that yeah i threw up in front of the entire football team my first day of high school what how why i had a really bad day oh okay because i didn't know anyone our high school was weird because there wasn't like a feeder school per se because it was a private high school so like there were certain schools that like most people went there but it wasn't like there were like three schools that all kind of knew each other yeah and i went to a public middle school i'm like what is the school for high school and so i didn't know anyone going to school i think damani was the only person from my middle school do you remember that kid he was cool i love damani my spanish so, class i didn't know anyone except for him and miles going in mm-hmm. and my sister was a senior and she was like the hot girl and she like embarrassed me on the first day oh, she no. like thought it was funny what did she do she just would like always scream after me in the in the hallways and i was like so shy and so awkward i was just like i hate this so then and i was on the tennis team and i had actually like been on the tennis team all summer because you like yeah. tennis is in the fall and so that's these except not tennis oh you're in volleyball mm-hmm. so that day after the first day of high school i had a terrible time didn't know anyone i like i think i like sat in the bathroom during lunch because i didn't know Aww. anyone and i was like didn't want to sit with my sister because i was scared of her <laughs> um so then i'm at tennis practice which i felt like more comfortable with because i knew them but our tennis coach was like the meanest person ever for no reason she was just like hated us oh and it was like a 103 degree day because we started high school in like september when it's like always the worst weather ever and she like got mad at us and made us do suicides which is like you just run back and forth back and forth back and forth and i didn't eat anything all day because i like hid out in the bathroom probably so anxious and i like didn't have any water and so the football team the weight room was right next to the tennis Mm -hmm. courts they all come out and start taking an ice bath and I just like, I had to stop doing the the suicides and I just like, was like, and I just like went through and it was like vile because I didn't have anything and then I kept dry heaving and then my mom came and picked me up and I was like, I am never going back there. You are registering me at a different school. And my mom is actually a sweetie and she like looked into it for me and I, I don't think I went to the second day of high school. I think I stayed home. But obviously I stayed. I'm so glad you stayed. Thank God. Or else this podcast wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. That's so. Or you'd be doing it with someone else. (gasps) (laughs) I just transformed into the black. black. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of blue balls, I've been blue balling us about this topic. Like I said, Um, I've hinted at my fascination with psychedelics here and there. And so I wanted to talk about one of my favorite topics in psychedelics, yes, which is the stoned ape theory. Ooh. Do you know this? No. Okay. It sounds familiar though, but I, I don't I think I know it. I think I mentioned it, but it's really interesting. Okay. And like, hit me with let's it. Let's see if you believe. 
So, Sydney, there seems to have been a profound difference in the cognitive abilities between early Homo sapiens and our immediate predecessor, Homo erectus. Mm -hmm. I'm five. I laugh at erectus. (laughs) Uh, Oh, um, my gosh. That was a good transition. We were talking about blue balls. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. So, erectus stood upright, which obviously... Was they a big were step erect. forward. They were erect. And a big step forward. Mm. Or a step up. Oh, okay. Well, when I was doing it. Um, but with the emergence of Homo sapiens, we start to see traces of art, pictography, tool usage, and what we believe was humankind's first forays. Forays. Foray? Foray. Why did I say it like that? Into language. All right. interesting transition there like Mm -hmm. it just exploded right um so in the early 1990s psychedelic advocate and ethno botanist botanist (laughs) (laughs) ethno botanist why is that i like get scared of words that i'm gonna say them wrong i do the same thing because i know that that's how you say it but then i like get too in my head about it i do the same thing but usually it's like i'll say it and then it's the next word after it where i kind of stumble through it because i feel like my brain's like did i say that right i don't know (laughs) it's like looking back and then it falls into a (laughs) that's exactly it okay so in the early 1990s psychedelic advocate and ethnobotanist terrence mckenna who's like this amazing guy he's so interesting and he has the cutest voice like you all i'm gonna say can you do his voice for us it's like this it's like homo sapiens in the early (laughs) (laughs) he has i'm getting all this because i listened to this amazing lecture he gave about this theory and just like his voice in and of itself is worth listening to to me but you should all listen to this talk if you're interested in this because it's so fascinating and he's so like charismatic um he's a cutie so terence mckenna published his book food of the gods in which he summarized that homo sapiens cognitive leap forward was due to their discovery of magic mushrooms all right so obviously the scientific community never took mckenna's theory very seriously considering it it was a pretty trippy speculation Mm. um and m- these days, his ideas have mostly been relegated to uh, scorner- corners of Reddit and me. <laughs> um, although uh, now this idea has acquired a new advocate who is the psilocybin mycologist, which is the study of mushrooms, Paul Stamets, who's suggesting McKenna was right all along. What's McKenna's credentials? Sorry, you might have said this earlier. He is a uh, ethnobotanist. Oh, that's right. A, he's a botanist. And a psychedelic advocate. He was like, do you know who Timothy Leary is? Yeah. He's like the second coming of Timothy Leary. Got it. It was a lot more, he was less like, he's more earthy than Timothy Leary. Got it. Okay. Um, he is now since passed. Mm. R.I.P. Um, so Paul Stamets, uh, I actually think I recommend you do this book on our bonus episode called how to change your mind you did Uh, i actually brought it today (gasps) for you to read thank you Um, i'll read it before i start war and peace (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) it's well paul stamets is a big character in it um and he's so interesting he's like obsessed with mushrooms 
And he like wears a mushroom hat, like a fedora that's a mushroom. Stop. And he takes uh, Michael Pollan, who's the writer of this book, like out to like forage for psilocybin mushrooms. He's super interesting and super, super passionate about mushrooms. And it's mushrooms are fascinating. They look like penises. They do look like penises. Um. So anyways, Paul Stamets is like. <gasps> do you think they're like little penises of the earth? They kind of are. Right. Because they like procreate do you know that there's like whole mushroom like networks that like relate that Mm -hmm. are like set up like the internet it's what yeah so interesting so interesting um okay so back to terrence mckenna terrence presented an interpretation in which our ancestors would have followed herds of cow and other cows not just one (laughs) there's a lot of them uh our ancestors would have followed herds of cows and other herbivores, depending on them for food and clothing, but also harvesting the psychedelic mushrooms that grow readily in their dung. So that's where a lot of uh, psychedelic I, mushrooms are found. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So the regular consumption of these mushrooms could have proven advantageous as humans spread into new territory. So after ingesting these mushrooms, and more specifically the psilocybin they contained, which is the psychedelic component... Um, their brains would have kicked into overdrive, acquiring new information processing capabilities and a mind-blowing expansion of our imagination. Uh, many modern users of psychedelics claim the world has never looked the same again after such an experience. I can attest to that. <laughs> um, as McKenna put it, quote, Homo sapiens ate our way to higher consciousness. It was at this time that religious ritual, calendar making, and natural magic came into their own. So basically, to just summarize all that in my own words, his argument is that there was this really rapid change from Homo erectus to Homo sapiens, where suddenly they were using tools, they were having, they were creating language, they were creating like societies, like very, you know, primal societies. Mm -hmm. But the question that people are never we still don't know is like what caused that yeah and so he his idea is that because and this is proven like cows were a huge part of early human development and like animals like that Mm -hmm. so why if they were so near cows and they were also like foraging plants to eat why wouldn't they have accidentally picked up a psychedelic mushroom ate it and got like their mind blown literally and that unlocked like imagination to like make them evolve like so more or less that psilocybin was like the catalyst for the next stage of human consciousness Mm -hmm. yeah interesting i like it yeah it's crazy so um terrence's brother's name is dennis (laughs) i love the name dennis what a cutie so dennis um is still alive and he is also with also an ethnobotanist um friends of the family that's cute really really cute um so neither terence nor dennis referred to this hypothesis by the name stoned ape because dennis believes it misinterprets the idea and dumbs down the concept but that's what everyone calls it um but dennis says quote we know the brain tripled in size about two million years ago and probably the ecosystems which put hominoids cattle and mushrooms together were around that old Um, And he's referring to the dung in which psilocybin mushrooms emerged. So according to Dr. Thomas Falk, 
a professor of philosophy and education at the University of Dayton. The hypothesis also provides an explanation for the so-called, quote, creative explosion that occurred 40,000 years ago in Homo sapiens prior to their migration from Africa to Europe. It is this where we see an apparent leap in human cognitive ability. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So he says, quote, for the first time ever, these humans lived in worlds of their own creation, materially, materially and symbolically. Like you and I, these humans were capable of creating worlds in their heads and then recreating those worlds in the external physical and social environments. Although other homo species may have efficiently exploited nature, they remained the passive subjects. The key to this major distinction between Homo sapiens, sapiens, and other hominoids appears to be language. So that's that makes like sense. that's like the big, like cornerstone of the, yeah. of the quote stone date theory is that like how did we create language? Like how did we even c- conceptualize that? Falk, who's this professor of philosophy, um, his other areas of study include phenomenology and anthropology. Says that while We have no shortage of good evidence and theory regarding the course of human evolution. The leap to self-consciousness remains a mystery. Um, He says the stoned ape theory hypothesis offers a possible keystone that appears to fit together with much of the existing scientific evidence and theory. Um, Though he stresses this may not be the only possible answer. But it is like, it kind of chugs out, Loki. So my question is, I feel like as psychedelics have become to be like d criminalized or like not d it's like the opposite i'm trying to say like the opposite of demonized like legitimized yeah they're starting to be seen as like a legitimate form of therapy therapy or even just like recreationally etc etc because like even i saw something about there's like some california law that's trying to make psychedelics and like Mm-hmm. um anywhere from like mushrooms to lsd legal in california yeah but anyways my point is i'm curious if as decriminalized that's what i'm looking for as those as psilocybin continues to be decriminalized i'm curious how if this theory will become legitimate legitimized do you know what i'm saying because i feel like i'm curious if because of like the ingrained kind of like beliefs of like well this is bad like no there's no way like that's a bad yeah Yeah. that's bad if they were stoned like or if they like used mushrooms and that's like what unlocked this like no but if as that becomes more like people are more open to that and kind of like stop attaching judgment to it that's also making the assumption that they're attaching judgment now if this theory will kind of be more widely adopted yeah i mean it was funny they were in one of the articles I was reading, it was talking about Paul Stamets, like basically retelling Terrence McKenna's theory about this. And he was saying it at a psychedelic conference where like, but it was like, not just like people being like, oh yeah, LSD. It was like therapists and scientists and people interested in psychedelics. Everyone apparently was like mind blown at this theory because I think it's because those people have experienced psychedelics or experienced people experiencing psychedelics and it's like man that like totally checks out when i think if you're looking at it as more of a healing modality or you know as something that yeah as a healing modality it's maybe easier to see it like its utility beyond just like oh it's just for people who are like trying to like tune out Yeah. yeah yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about that. I mean, the I think one of the craziest things about this isn't even like the idea that like like eight men were like eating psychedelic mushrooms, but more about the idea that I've never really thought about is the fact that we don't understand how consciousness came about. It's so interesting because it's like that is one thing that us humans have. I mean, all animals have consciousness, but it is the like there is somehow a change between us being kind of like objectified to nature to us then subjecting nature to our will do you know what i mean totally what what how did that happen i did a paper one of my big senior papers in college was on uh the evolution of culture starting from like the the like homo i don't remember erectus but yeah from like the homo erectus or like from that kind of like level of human evolution and like where did culture develop and looking at that and it's kind of it's the same thing it's just it's wild to me i have like what it, it it's really it's brain breaking to think about like well what was like life before i know that i know so weird i well okay so another reason why terence mckenna made this argument um in his book food of the gods which basically like tells this in detail um his argument is based on qualities of these psychedelic experiences like augmented empathy and sensory perception um, in shamanistic traditions and ancient cultures. So like the, I feel like I was talking about this with entopic phenomena where mm. it was like, that was like hallucination. You mean the thing you made up? I'm just kidding. The, thing, the complete <laughs> concept I just made up um, where it's like, that was recorded back then that they were hallucinating. So yeah. it's like, were they eating mushrooms and like getting stoned and the known and hypothetical range of psychedelic plants and fungi in ancient times because like we knew that they existed back then so it's like why wouldn't they have because they were like eating mushrooms anyways totally you know what i mean totally well what i think is so interesting and i don't know if this relates enough but my brain popped it up when we were t- when obviously it came up yeah. when we were talking about this <laughs> um but is just this idea that like we as like 2020 people live in in modern society i feel like i don't know about you but when we were taught things in school it was it felt like it was from like a place of us looking down on it like these idiots back in ancient time like they were so like it was so cute they were so smart for like for their time like oh but then like i the more that i'm reading about like ancient societies and i guess where it connects is like thinking about like you think about these like homo insert whatever oh i should know this but whatever you know what i'm trying to say sapiens well like homo sapiens homo erectus like all the things leading up to us being homo sapiens i feel like it's so easy to look down on be like they're idiots like they didn't have cars and it's just like you realize that like these no like they literally came up with consciousness dude like get get out of here gtfo i I think about sometimes sometimes when i think that something is really hard that's actually really easy i think about myself as a caveman and i'd be like oh i would definitely be dead like i would not survive i don't think i could either, but it because i'm such a softy i can't we were watching survivor for everyone i was telling <laughs> uh kate about this so i have never watched survivor and alex turned me on to it actually with the question that i'm about to ask you what reality show do you think you would win like what competition reality show do you think you just like excel at? Jeopardy. 
Oh, that's good. I'm really good at Jeopardy. Oh, damn. I couldn't come up with one. I don't know what I would win at. I don't think I have what about, anything like that's like marketable. Deal or no deal. <laughs> the one completely based on luck. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Not very lucky, American though. American Idol. Oh, maybe. Last comic standing. <laughs> <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? Or the points don't matter. <laughs> Well, anyways, my point is I asked Alex that we we're talking about it and he said, well, ultimately he landed on Amazing Race, which I agree with. But at first he said Survivor and I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, I obviously know what it is because it's in like the cultural zeitgeist, but like, I don't really get it. So started watching Survivor. I am now at a point where I have no idea why I started the story. <laughs> oh, like, would we be able to, would we be able to survive? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we were watching Survivor and... There's one point where they win like chickens and a rooster to like do whatever. And they like were killing, going to kill the rooster to eat, which makes sense because they have no food. And I couldn't, I, my brain shut down. I could not even. No, I can't. We skipped through it. But then once we were back, I couldn't even enjoy the rest of the episode because I was just thinking about that damn rooster. And like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't be a cave. I couldn't do it. I just no, I couldn't I, do, I it. do it. Sometimes when I'm petting Ernie and I'll like my hands will grasp a little bit around his neck, I will get, you know, that feeling where you feel like you're going to throw up and it like feels like, like, um, like carbonated it's coming in, up. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like carbonated in your it's like jaw. acid reflux. Yeah. I feel that way. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like people like snap animals. <gasps> get out of here. Sorry. I'm literally going to kick you out of my house. Are you? But it's like, hey, okay, no. Oh my God, Kate. What I'm saying, what do I'm you saying, realize that I'm not going to sleep for like five days because of what you just said? No, I didn't. It's all oh like, my God. No, okay. What I'm saying is, in survive, it relates to Survivor, like killing an animal with your bare hands. I could never do. Absolutely it. not. Absolutely, I couldn't kill him with and an I'm object. I couldn't him. Like that's me. Like I'm not putting my hands around his neck. I'm just like petting him and then realizing that it's like the yeah, vulnerability. It yeah. freaks me out. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm trying to think of what other Should things I couldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I think I might. Um, Like, and they didn't have bathrooms. Yeah. When did periods develop? I want to know that. Like were cave people just like walking around like, like bleeding, yeah. bleeding everywhere. That's why you would go sit on the rag. They'd be like, she's on the they rag. They have rags. Yeah. I think that, I think sitting on the rag though, isn't that like a saying from like, like once we're fully formed homo sapiens i don't think that started when back then though right yeah because they were procreating but i'm asking like i don't know at what they point probably were just bleeding because i mean like That's animals so don't we cover that yeah probably animals don't like have like a tampon that they shove in when they're when cats get their periods do they just like bleed yeah i think you're supposed to put a diaper on them cute i don't know I mean, it's nature. It's good. I have a white couch. That'd be so upsetting. That's your cats are just bleeding on it. Yeah. Well, luckily, we just have Kevin. She's not. She's gotten it taken care of. Spay and neuter. <laughs> yeah. Spay and neuter your animals. It's important. Um. So where was I with this topic? <laughs> okay. I guess I'm still. I just have a few more arguments why he believes this. Okay or we we don't care we got no it. i care okay we care so terrence also argued that psilocybin would have increased visual acuity at low doses which actually is he go, he talks about this a lot in this above mentioned lecture that i listened to that's super fascinating he's a very good speaker 
um, where it's like human eyes are so, even though like a lot of other animals have very interesting eyesight, like our eyesight is particularly like wild because mm-hmm. we can, I don't know why. <laughs> it's just wild. It just is wild. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take it for it what better, it is. But visual acuity, um, which is like the common thing about like taking psychedelics is like you see visions i don't know that oh god um my dreams are so vivid and scary i don't yeah it's a little i don't know well okay also increased sex drive and enhanced corporation all factors that could have proven adaptive to our ancestors um stamets the mushroom hat guy who's now the advocate of this Mm -hmm. now has also pointed out the leadership qualities that would have resulted from a mix of bravery bravery and empathy brought on by these substances because like think about it a homo sapien back in the day fighting for their lives they don't really know empathy right no empathy like it's like it's survival instincts wait did you get it I meant, you said no empathy and i said no empathy like no like they didn't have any and you're saying no like k-n-o-w oh. like they didn't no empathy no empathy it's like the realize 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 <laughs> oh that like freaks me out i don't know why <laughs> um and so that's why another reason is like if you take psychedelics you become really empathetic it like makes you feel very aware this feels like it's not for me dude i feel like if you were in a very comfortable environment like somewhere where you feel very safe and like happy you could take it it would just have to you have to really have a good setting i would say i feel like i'm overly empathetic now i mean i'm gonna cry about the the abused animals how many mushrooms did your ancestors eat probably a lot too many dude (laughs) too many they were like making truffle pizza all the time truffle pizza (laughs) Um, I ate truffle pizza last night. I guess that's why I just saw the mind. Okay, wait. Where did all the truffle come from? I thought this was like a delicacy. How come it's on like every menu and it's there's so like so good? But where did it? I thought it was a delicacy. Where did they all come from? I thought it was like hard to find. Well, I think what happened. And sometimes dare, it just dare tastes I hark salty. Back to another episode of ours with hipsters. I feel like hipster culture unlocked this part of society where it's like we want to enjoy nice things like quality things and like as if a thing feels like a delicacy or like a special event it's gonna be exploited it's now just like we can do that all the time and i feel like truffle culture is a part of that i feel like other stuff is a, do you know what i mean though that like, i get what you're getting at yeah like, like mixology became a thing like a fancy drink is like we just expect all the time or like a fancy coffee do you think though it was as much this is me being kind of pessimistic but do you think it was as much of people being realizing like i want to live life to the fullest and like we should just enjoy things like don't save them for special occasions as it was companies being like oh shit like these like they'll like pay a lot of money for this like we should just like package it well and like just sell it for more i mean they're probably just exploiting the uh, the previous thing right what previous thing the previous thing that you said of like i want to live life to the fullest I mm, it's an exploit it's a hand-in-hand thing yeah. i see i see 
I feel like it probably started to happen a little bit. I wonder what caused that. And then companies were like, okay, boys, like, let's get started. Let's do <laughs> like, this. Like, rolled up the sleeves. <laughs> it's like, we're churning out truffles right now. But again, where did I'm they the all come like, from? I'll give you all my money for the truffles. <laughs> where did they come from? Because like, no, I Yes. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, before it was a delicacy because I thought they were, like, few and far between. It was hard to get. And then all of a sudden, you mean like the joint down the street that s- sells like five dollar fries, and you can upcharge for an extra two fifty for Parmesan and truffle oil. Well, I think what happened was it's the classic Miranda Priestly and Devil Wears Prada, where like some fancy restaurant was like, we serve truffles as a delicacy. A, a person that opens like a mid tier restaurant was like, I'm gonna do that, and then more and more people just started co opting that into like it being <sighs> almost perfect movie truly it has no it's really close yeah really i have some gripes with it but it's pretty close okay well because like i've definitely had gotten truffle pasta and then they like literally take a truffle and like shave it on top and that's like 70 like it's so expensive well i think there's probably a different quality of truffle right probably sorry this is i'm just when i was in italy at all the like gift stores they would sell truffle like butter or like Mm. truffle sauce or something truffle paste and it was literally just like this little jar and it was full of fucking truffles and i just would like dip bread in it and it was like one of the best experiences of my life that sounds good i like limoncello i love limoncello i got very drunk on limoncello one night and um we took a boat ride the entire next day and i was just barfing off the side of the boat the entire time you barf a lot i do i think you barf more than i barf i thought it was gonna be like a more revelatory like comparison wow so i won that one (laughs) my mom just trained me as like kids trained me sounds weird she just was like, she told me, she was like, if you feel sick, just throw up because it'll make you feel better. It's so funny because I feel like I was told like, don't throw up. It's Why? messy. Oh, because teeth and your mom's a hygienist. Probably. I think it's just my my parents are really clean and I feel like I could see them just <laughs> being like, please, like, just like, yeah, if you throw up, just like push it back down. I also think when I threw up, would throw up as a kid, I would always throw up through my nose too. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. And it was such a, it was so traumatic every single, like literally every time I remember throwing up, it would come out of my nose. And it was so traumatic every time that whenever I think I'm going to throw up, I'm like, just shove it down. I'd rather yeah. just like shoot it out of my ass. Have you seen that one meme of like the tiny skinny alien in like shadow? And it's like me waking up my parents at 2 a.m. to tell them I threw up. And I have never felt more seen in my entire life than that meme. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's so cute. I think I saw another one, too, that was like a similar version or like an offshoot. It was like me telling my mom that I need like a, I don't know, like a poster board for school tomorrow (laughs) at like midnight. (laughs) It's like so real. (laughs) moms really deserve one like they i have really to say do. like that is what scares me about ever having children is like i don't know if i'd have the patience for that like i don't know if i've shared this on this podcast i have a very vivid you know like it's not just like one memory it's just like a lifestyle that you embodied as a child mm-hmm. and mine was that i would have nightmares i had really vivid dreams i mean i've had vivid dreams my whole life but especially as a kid And I used to, my parents' room was upstairs. It was like the only thing upstairs. We had a weird house. Um, And so I would go upstairs 
and I would just silently cry at the foot of my mom's bed until she woke up by just like sensing someone in her room which is so creepy (laughs) like I don't want to deal with that and sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night like from having a nightmare and I like look at the end of my bed I like get freaked out because I think someone's going to be standing there because I used to haunt my mother Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I know I want kids, but there's definitely certain stuff that I'm like, man, my parents were so chill. Like, I'm going to be a bitch. (laughs) Sorry, future kids. I know. I, well, because I just feel like it was like, I don't know. Like you said, like the, the sleeping thing I had. You know what? You're one of my only friends that also has extremely vivid dreams. I wonder if that says something because we're so similar. Pisces. <laughs> but yeah, I'd have super vivid dreams. I'd have a lot of nightmares because I was so anxious all the time. I was probably having like anxious <laughs> dreams all the was. time. <laughs> and I would end up sleeping in my parents' room and like I'd sleep on the floor in a sleeping bag so much that I'd keep a sleeping bag in their room because it happened so often. Aww. And it's just like, how did they have sex? <laughs> Like, I don't want to know, but, like, I hope I didn't, like, you know, impede on their marriage by, like, (laughs) sleeping on their floor for so many years. I'm, like, barricading my door. (laughs) Right? I'm going to be like, nah, like, you got to sleep over there. There is a funny... So, no, none of you listening have probably slept over at my house. I'm just going to assume that. But I think Kate has probably... slept over at house. Yeah, a handful of times. Right? Yeah. 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 You definitely have. Okay. So, we have... I always had a full queen bed i don't know how big my bed is i always thought it was a queen and then alex was like i I think think this is a full full. i always had a full bed always and it's not because my my room's not like super big or anything it actually like is like why is this bed so big in this room and it's because my parents always was like oh well when you and your brother were kids we were like oh they'll sleep in the same like they then they can sleep in the same bed cute that's like okay and then one time one night I vividly remember this. My brother shit in the bed. <laughs> and I screamed at him. I was like, you're never sleeping in my bed ever again. Is that a common thing? How old was he? I I mean, it must have been. I feel like I was maybe five at the oldest. He was pretty young. But he shit in my bed. And I, I remember my mom making, like, she was, like, so sad because she, like, totally understood where I was coming from. I was like, I don't want to sleep in a bed with him anymore. Like, he shits the bed, like, literally. And, but then feeling really bad because my brother was just like, I didn't mean to. I'm yeah, so, so sorry. Like, I'm just Aww. a little baby. I'm just a little dentist. How old do you think, what's the oldest age that you can be that it's acceptable to shit your pants? <laughs> I don't know. People have IBS and they have to deal with that all the time. But I'm saying like, like how old is too old? Five. Five's okay. Yeah. I feel like five. I'd be like, mm, like, let's get it together. I don't know. Do you want to know a really weird thing about my childhood? What? Is one time we were on Southwest Airlines and we had Sky Mall and my mom found this like weird sheepskin thing that like you put between two twin beds to make it a king bed and my sister and I shared a room until I was like five and then she got her own room and so my room just had two twins beds in it I guess they bought her a new bed and so then they my mom bought this thing on Sky Mall she thought was an amazing idea because I think Sky Mall was like it was just the start of it and yeah she got excited and so I had a king bed as a five-year-old <laughs> 
for like a long time. Uh-huh. And then I think I got to middle school and I like felt like sad about it. Like it was too much empty space. Yeah, just like I feel like I had to like face the void every time I went to bed. <laughs> and so I didn't have a king bed anymore. But isn't that such a weird visual? Huh. Was it in your room? Yeah. How did that even fit in there? I had a pretty... You had a big room, but I feel like you had that little like reading nook and I feel like the space over where your bed was. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I wasn't sure if that was... It was covering it. Yeah. Just now... Yeah. But I guess you could flip it that way. Yeah. Your room was pretty big. I was going up and silently crying because I was faced with emptiness. There's too much room. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. I don't know. Being kids weird. There's lots of weird things. I know. Like I remember... And it's weird because I feel like it's like... I don't know about you, but I have like snippets of memories that are super vivid and they're so random like i remember once i was like sitting on the toilet reading this um the american girl puberty book did Mm -hmm. you ever have that puberty book Mm -mm. talked about boobs and like periods and all that stuff about puberty it was very embarrassing i didn't either which was why my parents didn't either quite (laughs) frankly that's why they just handed me this book they're like you can read and i remember (laughs) sitting on it sitting on the toilet reading it and I was on the phone with Lauren because she had the book too. And I was like, did you see page like 13? Like it has you like putting this thing in your body, a tampon. It was like, I just, what? I don't get it. And it just being like, I just have this super, super vivid memory of like holding, like I can almost feel the phone in my hand, like holding our home phone. It's so weird. And I have like a handful of those. Yeah, I do too. I have this weird memory of if I'm ever going to the bathroom at like, like after the sun is set but it's not quite dark out you mean dusk yes <laughs> there's a word for that <laughs> and getting like really really sad and anxious because the day was ending and i felt like i like i felt like weirdly in mourning or something hmm. and i remember feeling it like it's one of my earliest memories like emotional memories and now sometimes if i happen to go to bathroom the bathroom at that exact time I like get like anxious. Isn't that weird? That's dude. Mind body is so interesting. I know. It's so interesting. I don't know that I can explain this on this podcast, but I really hope that you understand what I'm about to try and explain. Okay. I have this thing and it's like a seventh or I guess a sixth sense where it's like not quite tasting or like smelling a memory. But there's every once in a while, I will get some combination of like a taste smell situation, but it doesn't smell like anything. And it like transports me mm-hmm. to certain places. Yeah. And like I, it drives me banana because I can't put my finger on what it is because it's not a smell, but it's something just like feels like it blows by. And then all of a sudden I feel like You're I'm like, like I'm somewhere there. else. Yeah. It's so weird. Isn't the i know you didn't say it was explicitly smell but isn't there there's like a reason why smelling is like the most vivid memory Mm -hmm. recall there is and i don't know what it is but yeah i don't know but the thing is i feel like it's like a memory of a smell for me because it's not the actual smell like there's nothing that actually it's not like it's like i smell lavender and i'm like oh it's this like very specific thing and it's almost like my brain randomly will just like pull it out of the archives and be yeah. like oh here it is and i'm like whoa and like kind of that so raven into it so weird my yeah i have a very 
I mean, strictly smell, like smells are very, very triggering for me Mm -hmm. in a kind of a beautiful way. Right now they're like building a deck outside my house and they're like peeling off some of the wood siding and my building is very, very old. So like the wood is like, I think the wood is original. So it's Mm -hmm. like from like 1915 and it has the same smell as it's called Zotrope in San Francisco. It's Francis Ford Coppola's like building that he owns that I worked at for a summer. It has the exact same smell, but it, that also is a smell that I remember when I went to Prague as like a 10 year old, like that's what Prague smelled like. So now it's the smell of history to me. (laughs) And so every time I smell it at my house, I like feel like inspired or something. Like it's so weird. And so I, today (laughs) I was like really stressed out and I just went into the side of my house where there's like all this like rubbish from like them doing construction I was just like smelling the wood (laughs) were you like how close were you getting were you just like wafting I was just like standing there and I was like (laughs) (laughs) Mm, that one smells good that's a good smell in the wood (laughs) um well anyways wait do you have more topic I mean, I do, but it doesn't Oh, shit. Really Are you sure? I, you should finish it. I think it's just kind of repeating. It's repeating everything that's been said. So okay. that's the Stoned Ape Stoned theory. theory. Pretty interesting stuff. I will link. The, there's a podcast that just has a recording of the Terrence McKenna talk, and I'll just link that. Yeah. You so guys sh- should listen to it. It's please. really good. Um, but I yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This. this is a little wily, but I like it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was there real. There were tears. There were laughter. There was both at the same time. There was memories. There was smell. And there was predictions, maybe. And there was black. Goodbye. Goodbye. New episodes Friday. Shut up. Keep going on Instagram. (laughs) See ya.